You're listening to The Peak Podcast with me, Christina Roman. We're having real, intimate conversations about the interconnectedness of life. Join us as we discuss big topics like intuition, personal mastery, and emotional wellness and why they matter for you. Hey, everyone. It's another solo episode. And I mentioned this in the last solo episode that the concept of deep work has been absolutely life-changing for me. That's why the episode title is called Life-Changing. And I'm digging in further today. So I'm going to go back to my old days as a productivity consultant back in like 2012, 2013, when I used to give seminars on this. And I'm going to combine it with my new understanding of what deep work really means. And it's going to be an awesome episode. I just tried to say the word awesome like four times and it came out as awesome every single time. So before we dive fully in, I'm just going to do a quick overview. We're going to chat today about what deep work really is and all of the different influencers who have contributed to my understanding of deep work. We're going to dive into why it's so important in this day and age and what happens when we don't do deep work. And then we're going to dive into some of the theories and concepts around it. So um, some different things that will keep you informed as you do a deep work practice. So things to keep in your mind. And then lastly, how to actually apply the concepts of deep work and make them super relevant in your life. I'm also going to start and end with this quick plug, which is that I have a six-day email series to help you actually apply all of this in your everyday life. So if you go to peakcoaching.co slash deep work, you can sign up for that for free. So a little bit of background for those who are interested in how this all came about and my increased interest in deep work, my deeper interest in deep work, if you will. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I have been studying a lot of different concepts for a long time. Again, I have a background as a productivity consultant. I self-appointed myself that back in the day when I was just a a fresh newbie out of college. And then I taught people about productivity and they listened. It was great. Good times. So basically, I used to teach a lot of tips and tools and strategies for being more productive. And so I am going to give you guys those same tips, tools, and strategies. But I also wanted to augment this with a deeper understanding of deep work. So the first person to look at is Cal Newport, who wrote a book called Deep Work, pretty fitting here. And his definition of deep work is professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. I want to add in that my understanding of deep work is both professional and personal in nature. So I think there's a lot of deep emotional work that you can do and deep levels of engagement and um, presence that you can cultivate in your personal life as well when you commit to deep work. After I read Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, I was also being introduced to the idea of buffering, which is a Brooke Castillo term that I've mentioned here on the podcast. And buffering is essentially when we use external things to change our internal feelings. So hold that right there. I'm going to make the connection between all of this in just a minute. After Cal Newport and Brooke Castillo and my exposure to their work, I started doing morning pages again, which are also something I've talked about here on the podcast. I'm pretty repetitive, but it's all very thematic, right? Um, But morning pages are basically three unscripted pages that you write every single morning in a concentrated, focused state. And so I do them with my phone turned off. I don't look at my phone. And so that is a way of keeping myself from being distracted. 
The other big influencer in my thinking around this has been the book Flow, which I've talked about also in that episode, Life Changing, which I'm going to link to. But Flow is basically that state where you lose track of time and you're so engaged in the activity that you cease thinking about yourself and you cease thinking about other things happening in your life because you're so focused and concentrated. So To tie all of those different concepts together, you really start to get this clear picture of the value and depth that can happen when you're distraction-free, when you have these focused, uninterrupted blocks of time to go deep into yourself and to go deep into your work. So again, you tie all of this research together and it shows you that you need these uninterrupted blocks of time. And then you pair that with the statistics. So this is pretty crazy. So brace yourself. If you're like the average American, you check your phone every 12 minutes. So that's 80 plus times per day. That's over four hours per day that's spent on your phone. A quarter of your waking hours. How freaking nuts is that? Like, I just want you to sit with that for a second. So the natural next question is, okay, well, why do people stay on their phone so much if it's keeping them constantly distracted and away from deep work? And the answer there is that you are getting a hit of pleasure every single time that you check your phone and pick up your phone. So if you look at the research, it basically says that smartphone app creators use the same neural circuits in your brain that are used with slot machines and drugs. So in short, it's an addiction. So if you think of the example of your phone, you end up getting a lot of those pleasure hits, those hits of dopamine in your brain. So you get a like on Instagram and you feel validated or you get a text from a friend and you feel connected to that friend or your significant other is sending you messages or you're researching something on Google and so you feel like you're learning and you're, um, you're deepening your knowledge. But if you look objectively, you can see that you're actually trading off that deep, intense work and that deep, intense connection and engagement for these small hits of pleasure. So here's one more terrifying stat not related to your phone, but related to TV watching that will just shock you before we move into the next section. So they say that the national average for TV watching is three hours and 58 minutes of TV per day. Per day. It's it's insane. So here's the good news. If you are willing to take on this challenge and you're willing to incorporate deep work into your life in a way that works with your lifestyle, so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but you can absolutely find the way that works for you, you're able to create a lot of results in your life that you really want to see. So I'll speak from experience. I have created about six months of email content for my business in a week by turning my phone off and keeping it on airplane mode. I have created this entire first season of the podcast pretty quickly, although it feels like it's dragged on, to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) I've adopted a morning page habit, so I write for about an hour every single morning, and I've gotten to know myself a lot better and to also have some pretty incredible ideas during that time that I can then implement later in my day. And I've been able to do cool things like start a book club, increase my time spent volunteering, increase the amount of healthy meals that I'm making, uh, and sell my business, do an intensive certification program, cut my drinking by 85%. So basically, when I've combined deep work with coaching, it's been really incredible. Some other results that you might see in your life, so if you are wanting to write, You can absolutely increase the time that you spend writing. You can increase the time that you spend 
quote unquote super thinking. That's a Brooke Castillo term. So thinking really deeply in order to solve problems in your personal professional life, you can create new output. So again, I mentioned a book, but maybe it's a website, maybe it's a course, anything like that. You can create deeper connections with the people in your life. So imagine if you're facing your partner and you guys are not checking your phone for an hour versus checking your phone. Completely different experience there or with your friends as well. Um, I mentioned my book club. So forming any kind of deeper community where it's not based around technology. And then more time doing things like Daybreaker, which I mentioned is a dance and yoga party. So three hours where you're just completely focused in the moment and you're not on your phone. So there's a world of possibility that can open up when you decide to do deep work. I'd be super curious if you guys start thinking already of what you would like to accomplish with uninterrupted blocks of time. And that will come into play later in this episode, but it'll also come into play in the email series. So start thinking about that. What would you be super excited to concentrate and focus on in your life if you felt like you had the dedicated space and time to do so? Okay, so the first pitfall that I think is really helpful to be familiar with is the idea of attention residue. Essentially, when you are moving from project to project and your brain switches from task A to task B, your attention doesn't immediately follow. Quote, a residue of your attention remains stuck thinking about the original task. So if you think about all the time that you lose checking your phone and then you multiply that by the time that you spend still thinking about things that happened on your phone, you're losing even more time than you originally thought. Here's another really interesting principle, and this ties to something I've talked about in my emails, which is the time of least resistance. So I say that in a positive way, but this is actually a negative principle. I will link to that in the show notes. But the principle of least resistance is in a business setting without clear feedback on the impact of various behaviors to the bottom line, we will tend towards behaviors that are easiest in the moment. I want to extend that again beyond just a work setting to personal and professional, even if you're a business owner. So what happens, and I've had this conversation with friends recently, is if you have a long to-do list and you know that a project is going to draw out, what you do often is you do the little easy things. You want to see the satisfaction of crossing them off your list. And so that's what you focus on. You accomplish the little tasks and then you still have those big lingering projects on your plate. The last concept that I'm going to share right now, which is going to make probably every single listener cringe, so I see you, Uh, busyness as proxy for productivity. In the absence of clear indicators of what it means to be productive and valuable in their jobs, many people, I'm paraphrasing, (laughs) turn back toward an industrial indicator of productivity, doing lots of stuff in a visible manner. I've seen this play out in offices time and time again, where the people who look busy and stressed are the ones who are most valued in that work environment. Super interesting side note here. I had a conversation with one of my friends after I released the podcast episode 85% More Sober, and she was telling me how the marketing world has decided to play on the combination of alcohol consumption and busyness in our culture and society And put those two together to basically create this culture where alcohol is seen as the solution to constant stress and busyness. So, wow, it's really permeated our culture in terms of busyness and alcohol consumption. So fascinating to address both of those at the same time. But that's a topic for another day. Okay. 
if you totally get what the issue is and you're like, yep, I got this really tangible result that I would like to see in my life and I'm ready to do it, I want to present to you the four rules from Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. Rule number one is work deeply. And he says, the key to developing a deep work habit is to move beyond good intentions and to add routines and rituals to your working life designed to minimize the amount of your limited willpower necessary to transition into and maintain a state of unbroken concentration. So uh, there's a lot of research around the idea that we have limited willpower. And so if we build systems, routines, and habits, then we can actually not be relied on our limited willpower because those decisions are made for us ahead of time using our prefrontal cortex. I have another podcast episode about habit formation that ties in really well with this concept. And so I'll link to that in the show notes as well. It's with Sarah Von Bargen. I'm going to talk about the specific plans and rituals that you can create once I dive into how to actually implement this in your life. Rule number two is to embrace boredom. So I love this concept because I've always said that when I raise my children, they're going to spend a lot of time being bored so that they can build their creativity muscle and their independence around their own thinking and ability to entertain themselves. But as adults, we've really lost that ability. So this is a quote from the book. Efforts to deepen your focus will struggle if you don't simultaneously wean your mind from a dependence on distraction. So if you think of how often you grab your phone if you're standing in line or at the DMV, I have to go there tomorrow, fun stuff. If you're not also combining time spent away from your phone in those little moments with the deep concentrated work, you're going to struggle. This is a super interesting way to think about it, but Newport says, don't take breaks from distraction. Instead, take breaks from focus. That's a pretty crazy way to think about shifting your life. And it's not how most of us live our lives currently. The next rule is quit social media. So you can take this and adopt it as much in your life as you think is relevant. It doesn't have to be cold turkey. But he mentions that Quote, accepting that these tools are not inherently evil and that some of them might be quite vital to your success and happiness, but at the same time, also accepting that the threshold for allowing a site regular access to your time and attention should be much more stringent. And so then he goes into talking about basically the net positive versus the net negative. And we have a lot of rationale and reasons for why we use social media sites, We say that it helps us be more connected and it keeps us in touch with people that we might lose touch with. It helps us network with people across the world. I've definitely used those explanations and I think that they are true. But when we give away all of our time and attention to those tools, are we really gaining a net positive or are we really losing and getting a net negative effect? That's the real question. And then rule number four is drain the shallows. So shallows are the shallow work that eats up a lot of our time that someone else could easily be trained on or that we could eliminate and automate. And so again, quote from the book, we should see the goal of this rule as taming shallow work's footprint in our schedules, not eliminating it. So if you think about the things like email or putting together a document, those things are essential generally in a work environment, but we can block them out and we can reduce the time that we spend doing them. 
Okay, so I've covered a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different concepts floating around that are going to be the building blocks for how to actually implement this in your life. But I did want to share one thing, which is I've thought a lot about how to best implement this in your life. So there's two approaches. One is you could clean up all these different areas of your life and then do deep work in the time that you find. The other opposite extreme is to create time for deep work and then do the little bits of cleanup. My very strong opinion is you need to first create time for deep work and then you can go and solve all of the little problems that crop up. And the reason for that is twofold. One is it's going to expose all of the areas where you need to make changes really freaking quickly. When you have that deep, dedicated time, you're going to start feeling stress and anxiety about other things that are lingering, and it's going to force you into action. The second part is that analogy, which is that if you have a jar and you try to fill it first with sand and then put in big rocks, the rocks are not going to fit, and the rocks represent your big priorities. However, if you first fill the jar with the big rocks and then you put the sand in, then you can fit everything. So I want to tie that back to deep work and saying that once you have dedicated time for your deep work, you can fit all the other little things on top. But if you never carve out that time for deep work, it's never going to happen. Believe me. Okay, kids. It's time to implement. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to peakcoaching.co slash deep work. You're going to sign up for my six-day challenge. From there, on day one, you're going to get a printable. You can make your own printable if you really don't want to sign up for my email list, but come on. So it's going to have a few different spaces. The first thing I really want you to ask yourself is why you're committed to deep work. So there's a space to fill in. I'm committed to deep work because blank. So that could be anything. That could be related to a specific project that you want to accomplish It could be that you want more presence in your life. You want to be more engaged with the people in your life. Um, You want to not feel constantly distracted. Really anything can go there as long as it creates that feeling of commitment. Then you're going to see spaces to fill in the kinds of things that you want to do during your deep work sessions. So you might be super clear on this already. You might say, yep, I've been wanting to write a novel, so that's, of course, what I'm going to do during my deep work time. You might want to change your outputs at work, come up with different processes and systems, for example, and you need some time to do deep work on that. Write that down. You might also want to incorporate this into your personal life. So Keep brainstorming until you run out of things, but I also have a principle which is going to be a list of things that you can do during a time when your phone is turned on airplane mode. So if you don't have any big goal in your life, but you still want to implement deep work in order to be more present and engaged, I'm going to give you a list of things that you can do so that you aren't tempted. Actually, you're still going to be tempted, but so you don't give in to getting on your phone or getting on the internet or going and watching TV. So in this context, when I say deep work, what it's going to entail is putting your phone on airplane mode. That's my rule. I can still technically use my phone to note take. I can listen to podcasts, but I cannot have incoming notifications. You might say that a deep work block for you is no phone whatsoever and no internet. So that's really up to you to define what does deep work mean. There's going to be a space on the sheet to define what does deep work mean for you exactly. 
Then I want you to take some time to think about a deep work block. So in this case, let's say you're just going to put your phone on airplane mode for an hour, set an hour timer, and put your phone away. Now think about every single obstacle that might come up during that time. So I want you to spend some time thinking about this, but I'm going to give a few examples. One is your significant other is going to message you and wonder where you are, or your sister, or your mom, maybe your dad. So somebody contacting you and not being able to reach you. How can you then mitigate that obstacle? You might have a boss who checks in on you constantly, who maybe walks into the room or sends you lots of Slack messages. How can you mitigate that? You might come up with 20 things that you absolutely need to Google or do on your phone. How are you going to mitigate that? You might get panicky that your team can't reach you or that your clients can't reach you when they send you an email. How are you going to mitigate that? And lastly, probably the most common is you are going to feel bored. What are you going to do about that? So here in order are my strategies for managing those different obstacles that I've mentioned. So one idea is to talk to your friends, family, and maybe coworkers and tell them what you're working on and tell them you'll be unavailable for a while. Another option is to keep a pad of paper next to you. So anytime you have a task that you're like, this urgently has to get done, I hadn't thought of it for a week, but now in this exact minute, it needs to be done. Keep a notepad of all the things that you want to accomplish once you turn your phone back on and all the things maybe you want to Google. Consider talking to your team. Consider talking to your boss and explaining the concept of deep work and how it's going to benefit your final output product and how you're going to be unavailable for a little bit, but you're going to come back bigger and better and it's going to benefit the bottom line. And maybe tell them to listen to this podcast if they're not convinced. It's not shameless promotion. I'm just saying it could really be helpful. (laughs) And then I'm going to give you the key to managing boredom. We talk about this all the time in life coaching, and it is the idea of allowing urges. So when you feel a sense of boredom sweep over you or distraction, you want to go do something else other than the thing that you committed to doing, I want you to just notice that feeling. Feel that feeling in your body. And think about the thought that's prompting that feeling. So maybe it's, I don't want to do this right now, or this isn't really benefiting me, or I could be doing something else with my time. Just think about that thought that's sparking that feeling and make a note of it. It's going to be really, really helpful to make notes of the thoughts that are sparking your feelings because then you can start to see patterns and you're going to be able to start to see what your brain is telling you about why you shouldn't do deep work. So again, all of that is in the printables that you're going to get from me when you sign up for the six-day email series. From here, you are going to start implementing. So that's all kind of brainstorming. Day one, you're going to do one block of one hour. Day two, you're going to do two blocks of one hour. Day three, three blocks of one hour. I bet you can guess what happens on day four. Four blocks of one hour. And then on the sixth day, we're just going to do a check-in, see how it's going, see if we can identify and start to form patterns around all of those thoughts that you're having that are preventing you maybe from following through on your deep work and start to be able to further implement this in your life and keep it consistent. So the most that I do in my life is four one-hour blocks. You might completely revolutionize your schedule and you might end up doing a lot more than that. 
Now, in conjunction with the blocks of time that your phone is on airplane mode every single day, you're going to do a few other quick action steps. So on day one, you're going to track your time. On day two, you're going to unsubscribe from the emails that are not benefiting you. On day three, you're going to turn off notifications on your phone and your computer as much as you're willing to. And then on day four, this is going to be kind of a free-for-all grab bag. I want you to think about the other things that are getting in the way of your deep work and figure out strategies for combating those things. And as a nice little perk, as if a nice drawn-out email series wasn't enough, I am going to offer you the chance to send me an email. This is only if you've gone through the whole series. You can send me an email. You can tell me the biggest challenges that you're facing, and I'm going to give you customized solutions for those things. And so basically, here's an example. You might say, listen, I look at my to-do list. I have so much stuff to do, and I don't know what's important. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I should outsource. How do I approach this? I would then very likely teach you the concept of do, delegate, dump, delay, the four Ds. And so that means that any task that you have on your to-do list, you're going to do it. You're going to dump it, get rid of it. You're going to delegate it. So you're going to outsource it to someone or you're going to delay it, which is just you're going to postpone it. So that would be an example. You present to me an issue that you're having accomplishing deep work and I am going to present a strategy to you. I'm going to give you one more little teaser. I feel like I'm giving away so much good free stuff here. (laughs) Um, You might say, hey, I would love to spend more time on deep work, but I have all these emails going back and forth with all these people talking about scheduling. I'm going to suggest something super easy like Calendly.com where you can do a calendar link and someone can just book a time on your calendar. So anyway, those are going to be super customized to whatever issues are cropping up in your life. They might be simple strategies, but they might be bigger things like my family doesn't support me doing deep work. And then we can talk through that as well. So. With that, you guys have an awesome start to implementing deep work in your life. I am so excited to see how this goes for you. I have this thought on a pretty consistent basis that if you just do one hour per day of no phone, it will change your life. And if you do four hours per day of no phone, your life may become unrecognizable to you. And I'm so serious about this. It is incredible what you can create and the level of focus, presence, engagement, curiosity, awe, wisdom that you can tap into when you commit to something like this. Just the act of committing to it and following through is incredible. And then you add in all the output that you're going to get from it. It's amazing. I'm not going to say life-changing again, but it is. Um, So please let me know. Obviously, sign up for the email series. I'll put that link in the show notes. But again, it's peakcoaching.co slash deep work. Sign up for that. Keep engaging with me. And lastly, I would love, love, love to know if you do implement this and you see dramatic changes in your life and you create something that you didn't think that you could create, please tell me. Make this podcasting time worth it for me. I would love to hear this result. So thank you so much. And if you love the episode, please feel free to pass it on to someone else. I'll talk to you guys soon. 
Thank you for listening to The Peak Podcast. Your support helps this podcast grow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is so much appreciated, and I will see you on the next episode.